Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Our favourite time of the Saturday, Grant Elliott, and it's 18 minutes after 11 o'clock. It is time for our Saturday session legend. Uh, this is another sport that you, you, you are down for a Grant Elliott challenge. <laughs> I'll give it a go. I mean, uh, you know, I'm just watching a little bit of footage. Up, up there with ski jumping, some uh, single skulls rowing. Um, what else is in there? Uh, the stair challenge, you're going to run up the in, sky in tower fire outfit. In, in a fire outfit. Fire. Yeah. Uh, but let's welcome in an absolute legend of uh, his sport, of New Zealand sport. Uh, our guest today is champion wood chopper Jason Winyard, who was a nine-time individual world champion. A last uh, won a world uh, title back in 2017. Um, and very recently, I think it was just last month in Sweden, he finished fifth and has come back for a record 10th title uh, at the still uh, Timber Sports World Championships just last month. It's great to see him back competing after an enforced break from the sport, a sport he has dominated over a long, long time, I think over 100 titles in a story career. Uh, still Timber Sports Series 14 times he's won that. Um, and during his heyday, I think he was even a pro, uh, you know, only two or three people uh, could make it a career. We are delighted to welcome in uh, Jason Winyard into the program, our Saturday session legend. Jason, thanks so much for dropping by. Oh, great to talk with you guys this morning. How are you guys going? We're, we're really good. I'd like to know off the top, I just want to talk about most recently, we, we like to sort of pick a path through uh, an athlete's career, where it all started, how you've got to today. But I, I want to talk about last month, getting back competing again after an enforced break, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. You know, h- how do you feel now it's behind you, you've got back doing what you love? I've got to say I'm a little bit disappointed with the, with the end result. Um, I, I had, um, you know, every intention of trying to make the, this one my 10th my World Championship, and it didn't quite go to plan towards the end of it. But um, reflecting on, on everything um, leading up to it and, and actually, the actual results of the competition, it wasn't a bad um, comeback after sort of three and a half years um, out of, completely out of competition. I mean, um, what I've been through, you know, most people will be happy just to be able to compete at all, um, let alone get back to, you know, competing, um, excelling at a national level and then um, being able to to compete at a at a world championship level, so I uh, can't be too hard on myself, but um, it, it's definitely given me some motivation um, to go back next year and, and give it a good crack. So um, a little bit disappointed, but uh, really thankful for the opportunity. And um, I learned a lot while I was there. Um, a few things have changed. There's a few um, more young competitors on the scene, and. Uh, Definitely a few things I can work on and, and improve on for next year. So so excited about it and, and motivated to um, get back there and, and see if I can come out on top next time around. 
Jason, it's great having you on the show as our, our legend, but um, it was going well. It was just the, the hot sore from what I, what I read was a bit of an issue. It, it was, and that's, um, you know, one of my strongest disciplines. So it was, it was really disappointing to finish with, um, with a mediocre run in that discipline. But there was a couple of issues um, you know, in, the, in the start of the machine where my starter handle actually ended up entangled in my in my throttle, and uh, of course I couldn't get to the throttle because the, the starter handle was was sitting there, and it's something never happened to me before. Um, so probably lost two or three seconds there, and then had a had a messed up run after that. So um, you know you practice and you practice, and and I've never ever had anything like that happen before, but. Um, Unfortunately, it happened at at that time, right? You know, right when I needed a, a really good run, and um, yeah, disappointing to finish out like that. But it has been one of the more consistent disciplines for me over the years, and it's won me, you know, many of my nine world championships. Yeah, uh, a big slice of luck not going your way there. To say disappointed, you could probably also say pissed off, uh, fair to say. Grant Elliott is feverishly trying to get his head around the sport now. He's, uh, you know, agreed to do a challenge. Uh, for the uninitiated, Grant included, uh, and, and those who don't know, um, how do you become a world champion? Uh, how many disciplines do you need um, to thrive at? You know, to walk us through a whole program um, as far as getting to, to um, a world title. Yeah, so for still timber sports competition is, is very different from any other sort of wood chopping um, competition. So my career started out, I started out as a wood chopper. Um, I was really good at the, the standing chop and underhand chop at a young age. I, I represented New Zealand in the underhand at 16 years of age. And then I kind of went on and won my first world championship um, at 18 and kind of continued that progress until um, the first still timber sports series competition I, I won in the USA in 1997 um, and then so I was involved with with timber sports it was very much different to any sort of AMP wood chopping competition it, it's more like um, I'd describe it like a decathlon at an Olympics where you have um, so you have three wood chopping disciplines and you have three soaring disciplines Two of the soaring disciplines are, are chainsaw disciplines, and one of them is a, is a manual discipline called the crosscut saw. Um, so basically, you go into the competition, you try to amass the most amount of points um, from each discipline, and the overall leader at the end of the six disciplines is is crowned the the overall champion. So um, there's a lot of uh, mental fortitude required. You have to pretty much mm. just go out and, and put your best effort up in each discipline and then kind of leave that behind and move on to the next one. And I kind of, I, I learned that from experience. I mean, I've, I've been at it since 1996. And that has enabled me to do really well in that type of competition. But very different from anything else you might have seen at the, yeah. one of your local AMP shows. Uh, Jason, um, so I've been watching lot, some... Lot oh, sorry. <laughs> A lot of Carry practice, a lot of dedication, and um, it's not just the skill of being able to use an axe and a crosscut saw well, but also being able to use a chainsaw um, and, and a modified hot saw really well. So, And there's a whole other learning curve with, with the mm. hot saw disciplines. It, it's basically like um, 
almost like a drag racing event, but we use you know, modified chainsaws. So um, a lot, a lot of things to learn, and um, you have to be very adaptable, and and just um, you know try to do the best you can in each discipline, and, and um, you know, get get that overall score score at oh. the end. Well, Jason, I've been watching uh, some videos feverishly about watching you in all six disciplines. One of the ones that interests me, and you are a, a southpaw, you're a lefty, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm right-handed, but I chop left-handed. So um, a lot of us are like that, actually. Um, there's a lot of right-handed axmen, uh, right-handed wood choppers that, that chop left-handed, and it seems to be because... Um, your dominant hand on the axe is is the right hand when you swing from from left to right, and that does all your control um, of guiding the axe and, and keeping it on the right angle. So, yeah. And uh, so, are you a, a cricketer? Because a lot of um, dads out there I know that have Great played cricket. Hitter. It'd be amazing switch hitter. Yeah, but also dads that have have young children, they will always try and. If they're the kid's right hand dominant, they'll want them to be a lefty because then you get that high, you know, left elbow. Did you ever play a game of cricket back in the day? I, I never, I never did. Um, but yeah, smart it's, man. It's kind of the same with wood chopping, I believe, because you know that dominant hand controls a lot of what you do with the axe, and it seems to correlate with most um, right-handed axemen who who actually chop left-handed. They um, yeah, they seem to excel um, swinging left to right. And and Jason, you started the sport I I, I saw uh, when you were fourteen. Uh, what what encouraged you to start the sport at such an early age? I'm, I'm guessing that's quite early. Yeah, I, I probably was a bit younger than that. I think I had my first boys' chop when I was twelve years old, and um, I started because I, I grew up watching my father compete. And yeah. My dad was a, a world champion axeman himself, and so I grew up going to the local AMP shows watching him. And I, it was just one of those things I think where you just wanted to be like your father. And yeah. when I finally took it up, um, my first shot at it when I was twelve went went really really badly. And uh, I, I, there was there was a race of uh, a boys' chop and. There's only three of us in it. I got third by a long way, and but I think that kind of shaped me and, and molded me into wanting to improve myself and and never um, do as badly again. So it's kind of been an ongoing thing where I've just wanted to be the best I could possibly be and and always try to improve myself. You had some pretty good knowledge in the household to lean on, um, <laughs> and your father, world champion, as as you point out. But, you know, from that first shot, what, as a 12-year-old, you said earlier you're a world champion by 18. My Lord, took, take, take some big strides there. So did when you won your first title on the eve of that, did you feel like I'm, I'm a world title winner in waiting? It's kind of, it was kind of strange because um, I knew the opportunity was there to win that world championship. It was held in, in Auckland, actually, at the Auckland Easter Show. And uh, I just... I just really worked hard. I, I think I did not so well in the national competition the year before, and it was one of those things that I just wanted to come out and and give it a good crack. And and so I focused on my training, um, had a really vigorous training regime, and 
it ended up all coming together on the day for me um, when I won that first one. So so that was rewarding, but it was kind of like, I guess, just another stepping stone. And there was always... yeah. And there, and there always has been something to sort of try and improve and, and try to strive for, you know. And, and um, I've kind of never really looked back since um, since that first world championship. Well, since that first event when I was 12 years old, I, I've just always wanted to get better and always wanted to be the best version I could possibly be of, of myself, you know. So, um, yeah, I guess that's what's led me to sort of a, a 30-odd-year career where I'm still extremely passionate about the sport yeah. that I'm competing in and, and just always want to improve. Um, and, yeah, even osteoarthritis and, and all the stuff that I've been through hasn't really um, wavered me from that. Um, it, it made me take a couple of years off, um, you know, forced me to take a couple of years off and, and get a replacement hip, but um, it, it still hasn't really quelled that fire inside of me that um, just wants to be the best that I possibly can be at the sport. Yeah, and this is what I want to touch on here, and for the audience who are unaware, yeah, Jason's got a brand, he's got a new hip. Uh, osteoarthritis uh, caused you huge amounts of discomfort. Um, discomfort's probably not the strong enough word to use uh, on this. And was it caused by the sport? Was it just the osteoarthritis came on naturally? I'd imagine you're in a whole heap of pain. I've seen it firsthand. It's a terrible affliction. You know, how did it impact your life? How dark was your life at that stage? Oh, it was horrible. It was a it was a horrible period of my life, um, and I I don't really know what the actual cause was. I, look, I grew up doing a lot of manual labour, and it was just like my father was brought up that way. So he he encouraged us to um, come up and through that same sort of mould, and I lifted like crazy crazy things like at age 16 i picked up a 550 pound engine out of a d8 it was a starter engine um and i carried it to the back of the truck and it was stuff like that i think that really um at a young age that kind of probably damaged my my joints more than anything else like more than probably actually wood chopping with an axe because the action of wood chopping when performed correctly it's actually not really hard on your body. It, it's all about timing and technique, and, and there's not a lot of stress that comes back on you if you're doing it correctly. But when you're lifting heavy things, and like we used to, Dad had a farm, and we did hay baling and a whole lot of manual work, and I, I was also lifting wood chopping blocks for getting ready for competitions from the age of 12. So I think, I think really my arthritis issues kind of stemmed from doing all that heavy lifting at a young age and then um yeah so so when it did kind of really catch up with me it was probably about 2016 and i was having to have cortisone injections to actually continue competing at um at the world championships i won my last world championship in the in the timber sports in 2017 but mm. I've, i'd had probably six cortisone injections um by that stage wow. And it was getting to a point where, um, you know, this is this is not actually working anymore. It also gave me back issues because I couldn't move at the hips correctly. So I bulged two discs at that time and um, in my back, and things were getting really, really bad and painful. So um, I went down the route of stem cell treatment, 
and that um, so so both my hips were basically bone on bone. The cartilage is worn worn completely away, and um, so I I went down the route of stem cell treatment, and that actually fixed my right hip. Um, but it, for some unknown reason, it wouldn't take on the left hip, so I ended up having that's the one's been replaced. Have, right. Yeah, I had I had to have resurfacing yeah. on that left hip, and in 2020, and um, that was when I kind of was able to get out of the pain and and make plans to to have a comeback. So I had my first comeback at um, our national championship in 2021 in March, and ended up third in that competition. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed with that, but it was still early days in the recovery process and came back in 20, uh, this year in March and, and managed to win our national championship, which gave me the right to represent in Sweden um, a, a, a few weeks ago. So so that um, it's been, you know, a somewhat rewarding process along the way, but um, still not done. There, there's still um, things I'd like to finish off and and kind of correct um <laughs> i'm pretty hard on myself actually you want um, number 10 don't you? you you like that round well, number I, 10 sounds I do, good and we can't dull your competitive fire jason can we <laughs> and and it's not even about numbers it's just about um believing that i'm actually good enough to win it and and just proving to myself that i can and yeah, that's brilliant. that's what it's about for me so um, a lot of work ahead of me, a lot of things to rectify, but um, really, really grateful to have come through that period of my life and, and to be pain-free, um, not on any sort of pain medication or anything like that, and, and functioning you know, normally and able to train hard and really excited and looking forward to next season. Um, our qualifier will be in March, um, so I've got some lead-up competitions planned and... Um, I'm going to give it a really good good crack next year. Good on you. Good Jason, it's unbelievable to hear what you've gone through, and I know what it's like to go through through injuries, not quite like that. Yeah, I was about but, to say, really? Do you? But, well, there's a few stress fractures in my time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. at a young age. Oh, but, but I like being unfair um, on Grant. That's what I do. Sorry, Jason. But it just shows <laughs> your true passion and resilience and competitive nature and just how hard you are on yourself. Like you are, you're, you're a perfectionist in what you want to do, and the pursuit you want for that uh, um, elusive tenth world ch- uh, championship, but I want to I want to concentrate on the lighter side of wood chopping, which um, in my mind I'm thinking of, you know, all of these big massive rigs. units, big rigs, the night before and the night after the event. I mean, there must be some fantastic nicknames going around, but also, what is it like? What is the atmosphere like with these these men with massive chainsaw engines? <laughs> You know, going with the, you're filling them up with petrol or diesel or whatever you do. Like, I imagine it would be a real alpha environment. Something that I'd really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually probably not what you would think from, from the outside looking in. It probably appears that way. But um, I think everyone, like, at, at especially at a world championship level, um, they realize how fickle our sport actually is. They realise um, how much it, it's up to luck with the piece of wood that you get, and almost even with the with the modified chainsaws, how easily something can go wrong there. And and it's just a great bunch of guys that are involved with it because they know all these factors, and yet they still 
dedicate themselves to have a shot at, at trying to win a world championship. And it's the same for all of us. Um, you, you dedicate yourself, you, you know, you put the work in, the hard work in training. And at any time, something can go wrong. You can break your axe. You can get a bad piece of wood and get a knot. Um, you, you know, your chain can come off your chainsaw, your chain can snap. All these things, we know about these possibilities, but we still go into it with the best intentions and, and the best preparation, um, you know, that, that we can have leading up to it. And and we kind of get there and, and let the let the dice fall where they may, um, because that's all you can do. It's a very very fickle sport, and but there's a great camaraderie with the competitors. There's a lot of respect. I think for someone like me who's been around for you know close on 35 years competing, um, it's very respectful environment. There's no gamesmanship. Everyone's yeah. out there just to give their absolute best, and, and it, it was so great to get back to Sweden and experience that atmosphere and camaraderie again. Um, so that, that's part of the reason I've, I've had such a passion for the sport, the people involved with it, really decent people, and um, you know it's, it kind of drives you to want to get back to that level again and um, compete with them. Oh, Jason, it's amazing to hear your stories and your, your resilience and also just how you're striving in this sport and, and uh, the joy. I mean, I've seen videos of uh, the fans that come and watch you um, during your, your wood chopping championships and events. And um, it's fascinating side of, of sport that I've never seen. I'd love to watch. And, and also, you know, if you're ever free in Wellington and you wanted to show the, me the ropes. You'd be good on the springboard, Grant. <laughs> the springboard. Jason, Grant's big fan of nicknames. What's your, what, what have you gone by as far as nicknames over the years? Grant's really got high hopes that you'll deliver here. Yeah, you, you've got to have a good oh, one, sure. The, the, the beast or something. Oh, they used to call me Diesel when, when I was competing yes. in the USA. Yes. <laughs> It never really stuck, thankfully. <laughs> it was only a couple of the years. The big diesel. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, were there some much. good nicknames but, um, on the circuit, though? They normally called him Champ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably a lot of people are calling me that now, but um, I, I can't really think of any. As I said, the, the guys are real down-to-earth people and, and really respectful. And I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. We have a bit of fun and poke fun at each other, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's not a huge amount of nicknames floating around. It's just um, pretty much Fair good, enough. Fair enough. you know, good wholehearted competition, and, uh, and and it's partly because of what the sport is like. It's um, it's a sport where you've got a natural resource. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. if you compare it to a rugby field, um, like most rugby fields are pretty pretty well even playing field, but you've got a, a huge variable with wood chopping, and that's the wood. And no one can control that. It's it's sometimes down to luck of the draw and how that piece of timber has grown. And if you get the hard one or you get the soft one, you, you make the best of it. So I think everyone involved with it realises that and just gets out there and gives it everything they can. And, and it's it's a pretty awesome sport to be involved with. And and it always has been since I, since I started. Yeah. And uh, um, I just wanted to say, people out there struggling with osteoarthritis, I just... Um, I know how bad it can be, and I'm so grateful to be in the position I am now and able to look. I can lift heavier weights than I could when I was in my 20s. So, 
just know that there's hope for you and and look at your alternatives. You can look at stem cell treatment. You can look at joint replacement. There's some great surgeons in the country, but but just don't don't live with it because it's it's a horrible pain to actually wake up with every day. And if you can do something about it, please go down that route and know that there's hope that you can come out of it and be better. And and that's just the message I'd like to get across to anyone struggling with osteoarthritis. Good on you, Jason. Thanks so much for your kind words there. Thanks, Jason. Uh, the, you know, messages of support to those who've suffered through what you have. Uh, go get them, champ. We look forward to following you next year, and hopefully you do get that number 10. Thanks so much. Oh, thanks, guys. It's been great talking with you, and uh, have, have a great afternoon. We will. Jason, when you're joining us there, nine-time world champion, 50 next year, um, fantastic to have him on our Saturday session legend segment uh, in association with Somerset. Think legendary care. Think Somerset Retirement Villages.